episode 41 of the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Tonight, joining me again is my co-host, Damo, and our special guest, Tien, the FPL planner. How are you, fellas? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm uh, doing well. I see that we've uh, cracked the FPL Vietnam uh, market, so uh, good morning, Vietnam, to all our uh, <laughs> listeners over there. We're top, I think we're almost in the top 10 for uh, FPL podcasts. Over yeah, Vietnam, top 10 out Vietnam. of probably 10 podcasts. <laughs> so I was uh, quite chuffed when I got that email uh, uh, this week. So good uh, morning to everyone over in Vietnam listening to us. Uh, how are you, Tien? I'm very good, very good. Uh, thanks for having me on, and it's uh, very fitting as well because you know if, if you if you don't know already, I'm I'm, I'm from Vietnam originally, so uh, yeah, nice. so, yeah, you, you probably have me to thank for reaching that uh, you know, <laughs> well, market, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say we should be uh, number one after this week, then. <laughs> oh well, in the car, and uh, just the other thing is that I, I think if I remember correctly, uh, Q, uh, I I think that about this time last year we were recording up, uh, you know, your first ever pod right yeah no exactly so Mm. i think what better time to get you back on again this year and you know we we do talk a fair bit on twitter but um you had a massive season last year and i thought you know a lot of our listeners would probably enjoy listening to some early secrets from the fpl planner to maybe hopefully better their ranks this season I can't promise anything, but I'll try my best. And thanks, thanks for having me on again. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I can't wait for us to be number one in Vietnam after the man of Canberra and the man of Vietnam is on the podcast. So, <laughs> well, we might uh, kick off and get into how how weeks went. So, I um, finished the week on sixty one points. Um, pretty much my defense did all the heavy lifting. Had James Cancelo and Trippier all return good. Um, Captain Salah, who, you know, was looking like a great um, captaincy pick after Harlan only got the assist, but, you know, you know, decided to uh, be very underwhelming. So it was always good. Um, had Jesus um, return massively as well for me, but, you know, I took a nice little jump in the ranks from about 3.4 million to 3.1 million. So massive 300K jump, but early in the season, I don't think the ranks matter too much just because there's a lot of variance. But how did you go this week, Damo? Yeah, uh, decent-ish, actually. I ended up on 76 points with a Salah blank. Uh, pretty much uh, James, 7, Cancelo, 11, uh, Martinelli, 8, Diaz, 9, Kane, 9, and Jesus, 19. So I didn't jump off him. Um, pretty much did it for me with uh, uh, with a few... Uh, the rest of the blanking for me, obviously, Sala blanking, Neto, um, Andreas, and TAA. And I had Ramsdale in goal. So a bit unlucky to not to get the Ramsdale clean sheet. But, uh, yeah, what can we do there? But, uh, yeah, so I uh, did have uh, Neko, um, Neko Williams on the bench for seven and Perisic on the bench for four. But probably Perisic probably wouldn't make too much of a difference given that I had Andreas on the field for three. So... Uh, as I said, 76 points, and I went from about, uh, what was I? I think I was a little bit higher than you, so I think I was about 3.8 million uh, all the way up to 948,000K. So in the top million now. Those bleeds, mate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> hoping to uh, push on from that point. I, I think I'm only about 20 points away from top, uh, like, 2K or something, the way I've, uh, when I've sort of had a look at it. So it's real, real close at the top at the moment. 
Uh, how about no, yourself? Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how about yourself, Tien? Um, yes, I, I think I did all right. I'm probably somewhere in between with you two. Uh, 66 point in, in the end. Um, yeah, the usual Cancelo James did the business. Um, got the Jesus 19 points and Martinelli um, 8 points. But other than that, um, it's actually quite disappointing uh, everywhere else. Um, Salah, um, Liverpool defence double up or blanked. Um, Harlem captains only five points, so yeah, it was a bit underwhelming. Um, so yeah, got a red arrow from I think 311k to 446k or thereabout. Uh, but yeah, it's early season, so can't complain so too much. What's your uh, overall points at the moment? Uh, it's 145. Yeah, so I'm 138. So that's uh, that's what I'm saying. It's, there's not really much uh, difference between you know being uh, a, a million OR and being sort of where you are in the 400,000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't think uh, ranks are you know too much to mm. think about at the moment. I, I think you know mm. to now and again we tend to a lot of chips being played and. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of variations, and, and the the ranks are very highly packed as well. So yeah, just a couple of points would be like a hundred thousand of places. I was going to say um, it's actually quite funny because well, obviously last year starting sort of, and I don't know about you, Tim, but starting so well. I think uh, my first week I got about a hundred and ten. So it's sort of, uh, I think. I think this season I'm placed better, even though my OR is worse at the same stage of the year. If you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, so it's a... yeah, yeah, it's the same. I I did extremely well last year as well. Mm. I, I think uh, my game week one was fourteen k, and that was my yeah. lowest rank all season. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, would have had a better start, but I, I think you know, if, if you are, I, I think it should be in, fine. You know, yeah. around the one million mark in the first couple mm. of weeks, I, I think it should be fine. Yeah, yeah. I think I was looking at it like I was talking to Matt Day the other day about it. I think last season I was ahead in my mini league by 130 points mm. in a matter of four weeks. I was down by 20 points in coming <laughs> second. So like I said, like, it just early season, it just seems like there's a lot of variance. Obviously, you mentioned with people playing chips. I mean, there's, I've seen multiple triple captain chips being played. So it does make it um, a little bit hard to sort of, I guess, see how you're going. But the way I gauge it early on is if you're beating the average, I think that's a good start. And then obviously just build on it from that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we might get into our ZBet official podcast of our Fantasy Amateurs community. So in first place, we've got uh, Hassan EFC. He's held on again for second straight week at the top here on 163 points. We've got FPL EJ in second place on 159. We've got Klops and Robbers in third on 81. And then we've got the next two places uh, on – sorry, I've stuffed up here. I'm having a brain fart. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was sort of uh, added up. I've got screenshot. Where is it? Um, yeah. So the next place we got unprotected Seth, which is uh, my friend Kyle. He's, <laughs> he's got an absolutely awesome name. <laughs> Sitting on 159 points, and in fifth place we've got Kebab FC on 158 points. So, like, 
it's very close to the top there. And as we alluded to earlier about the rankings, you know, a lot of people are quite close towards the, you know, the top 10K this year. And our biggest score of the week was Bear from our FPL Aussie community on Twitter there. Ended up getting 88 points, so a massive week from him as well. And, you know, looking at the standings, I'm still sitting in about 61st place. Damo, you're sitting 33, but mm-hmm. king of the pod, TN, in 15th place in the league. So, you know, killing us as usual. Uh, a little bit further from the top, uh, you know, than, than I would have liked. But, yeah, as, as I say, it's early days. So I can't complain too much. Mate, as long as you're beating me and Damo, mate, that should be your only goal early in the season. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the default? <laughs> <laughs> not for long, mate, not for long. <laughs> uh, okay. We'll see. <laughs> we might uh, get into our podcast team, so... People that didn't tune in week one, we decided um, my son wanted to make a fantasy side, but obviously doesn't know much about anything. So I decided to get the help of the FPL community. So this week, Keepy Uppies FC finished on at 57 points. So not too bad. Had Jesus, the big scorer, Harlan, the big scorer, as captain or big-ish score compared to Seller. And then we had Cancelo, but obviously got uh, smashed with the double Liverpool defence, got wiped out. So, you know, still... Um, a big score, but you know, for once we actually beat beat the um, the score demo. So we'll take that. I'm not mm. sure how many victories we'll get this season. <laughs> I was gonna say it is a brilliant name, though. Keepy Uppies. I, I, I know our UK audience probably won't get the reference um, unless they uh, do watch a certain kids TV show <laughs> that's on Disney Plus in in the UK called Bluey. But uh, yeah, no, it's a brilliant name. Absolutely yeah. brilliant name. No, nah, it's literally because my son, because um, obviously in teaching soccer, yeah, keepy uppies and roly polies is um, mm-hmm. what um, the names were. So I sort of picked keepy uppies. It seemed a bit better than roly. So yeah, <laughs> that's the name we went with. <laughs> but um, you might get into the game review. So first game we had Aston Villa and Everton. Um, just a few points I took from the game. I thought Watkins looked really good in attack. Um, I mentioned last week Villa last season. You know, Jekyll Hyde one week you know, horrible in attack, but then the next week, you know, a lot better. So they did look a lot better in attack. And, you know, it was disappointing to see Bailey got benched because I thought in the way they played um, this week, I thought Bailey would have looked really good from the start. Um, I thought Cash had a really good game. But outside of that, I'm probably not going to be looking at their assets till I can see some consistency. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, so um, for mine... Um uh, so sort of same thing with you in terms of Watkins and Ings. Um, you know, starting to get into some great positions. Their price points are a little bit, uh, I don't want to say difficult, but they're just, you know, a bit unusual sort of thing, um, just to sort of fit in. Uh, Villa and Evidence Defence, uh, they're not great at the moment. They can be targeted, but uh, not for mine at the moment. Uh, the, the only really one that I really uh, uh, want to keep on the watch list, and I'll sort of mention him later on, is Onana. Like, he's on my watch list. He's someone, he got into great positions. Uh, I think he almost scored an own goal as well. <laughs> but um, absolutely turned the game on his head, on its head when he uh, came on. So he's definitely one I'll, I'll be watching. What about you, TN? What did you take out of the game, mate? Um, yeah, no, I think I think you covered both, uh, very well, and yeah, just just uh, you know, pretty disappointing with uh, Bailey, which I, I think is going to be a, a dilemma for a lot of managers, and, and I think there's a question later we can touch on as well. 
but in terms of um, uh, Vila fixtures, that I think is pretty tough in the next uh, five or six game weeks with you know, Arsenal and City and West Ham to play. Um, so yeah, to me, if you know, it's definitely not a time to buy, and it's probably time to start thinking about selling some of the some of their assets as well, like Harsh or, or, or Dean. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely not not looking to buy anyone at the moment. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Well, we might get on to Arsenal Leicester. So, a few points I took out of the game. I sort of thought Jesus was sensational. You know, the first week. You know, FPL, it was pretty quiet for him, but he did look good in the first week as well. But, you know, he, Jesus pretty much did what we've seen him do all preseason. He looked absolutely sensational. Got the two goals, had seven shots, two goals, three assists, and then created two big chances as well. So he was just everywhere on the field. He seems to um, be enjoying that number nine role. I don't think Arsenal really had a, a proper number nine um, that sort of lives in the box and, you know, he's quite um, devastating once he gets, you know, the chances. But Martinelli, he looked great again. He was on set pieces. You know, him and Jesus seem to have striked up a pretty good partnership there. And I don't think people need to be worried about Smith Rowe when he comes back because I think Martinelli is going to start every week till obviously they need to rest him or whether he, you know, they decide that they might need to rotate in some of the easy games. But I think he's a must-have. You know, he had four chances and then obviously got the goal as well. So I thought he started the season strong. Um, is there anything you took out of the game, Damo? Yeah, so uh, for mine, as I sort of said last week, Martinelli's probably your best uh, 6.0. I think he's got 6.3 now, probably be 6.4 by, by the weekend. Uh, he uh, He's uh, been playing really, really, really good, uh, well. And, um, I sort of took out of the game that Shaka is he's playing a bit more high up than he he did last year. So it's a little bit surprising. He got some returns as well. Uh, I don't know if he'll sort of keep it up, but it's sort of definitely one to watch. Uh, Saka was quiet in the game, but um, he could have got a goal if um, Jesus had uh, squared a pass in. Um, definitely at the moment, the way our, uh, Arsenal play uh, are playing, uh the triple up is definitely on. Um, I don't think it's too much to n- not have the triple on. I think there's a few clean sheets in the next uh, five or six fixtures. Uh, as for Leicester, I think uh, in terms of Leicester, I'm going to wait until their sort of fixtures turn. Um, uh, yeah, like the obviously for those who have started the two sort of 4.0 keepers, they haven't been great so far, but. Um, I think you sort of look to uh, when Leicester's fixtures turn and then sort of reassess from that point. Uh, There's probably definitely one or two assets I'd be looking at um, from that point. Uh, How about yourself, uh, Tien? Um, Yeah, so uh, again, I agree with you about um, Jesus is is definitely uh, in a great form at the moment and and there there were quite a few managers who... uh, like made the triumph of him haters to uh, Darwin Nunes um, mm. and obviously got unlucky with the with the red card. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with sort of like admitting the mistake and, and do the reverse this week because yeah, I can see that he's just going to do really well, um, sort of, you know, revitalising re- in this um, Arsenal team. Um, and, yeah, Martinelli is, is definitely offering great, offer great value, um, like, you know, 
are nearly two million less than Saka at the moment, and and I think in offering similar, if not even more, attacking. But again, I th- I think they're they're doing a lot of attacking on the left hand side as opposed to the right hand side at the moment. So everything seems to go through Martinelli and then you know onto Jesus. Um, so, um, but I, I I think if you if if you have Saka, I I wouldn't be rushing to move him on like into um, you know, Martinelli unless. Um, you need the money to do some something else, um, upgrade elsewhere in the team. Um, yeah, I, I, I will be tempted to hold Saka if, if um, you know, you've got nothing else to do. Um, and yeah, Leicester's I, I would definitely avoid at the moment. I, I do have the, the four million uh, keep it up up, um, which I'll have to think about uh, whether I, I admit the mistakes that I've made or, um, or, or do something about it. Or wait for a bit longer. So that's something that I'll touch on a bit later in, in my team. No, definitely. I'll sort of just upon, uh, put a little question out to you um, before we get on to the next game. If you were wildcarding this week, um, would you look at, or if you had two free transfers to use this week, would you look at maybe getting in Madison for the Southampton fixture, knowing that you know you can then move back across to either Kulisewski or you know one of the eight point zero midfielders next week or do you think that's just a waste to sort of have him in for the week and then get him out for me, for me you know, it all depends on your setup uh the way i've sort of set up my team i've only got the one uh 8.0 on my side i probably wouldn't be moving off even though um liverpool are playing man united i wouldn't necessarily be moving off uh, diaz I, I thought he played really really well uh I think there's still a little bit of uncertainty in that uh, Leicester side of who's coming and going as well. So for mine, no. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm sort of happy with uh, the way I've sort of set up at the moment. Uh, what about ETN? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, think, I think I would agree with you, Damo. I'd, I'd, yeah, I think if, you, if you're on any of the 8 million uh, midfielders, you, you would hold, uh, including uh, Saka and Mount uh, as well. Uh, or Kuzeski, obviously. Um, on a wild card, I, I personally wouldn't go from for Madison either, uh, because I'm, I'm not a big fan of booking in a transfer. Um, so you know, let's say if if you if you want Diaz or if you want uh, Kuzeski, I, I would just go straight for them because both of them have you know decent features this week as well. Um, so Spurs playing Wolves at home, which is not bad at all, and. Liverpool's playing Man United, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I personally wouldn't. I uh, wouldn't uh, book a transfer, um, and yeah, I probably wouldn't go for Madison, even though he's he's, he's a great option, obviously. But I, I don't think this fixtures are as good as uh, Liverpool and. and um, uh, next up, we've got Brighton and Newcastle game. Sort of maybe a couple of points took out of the game was just the the performance from the goalkeepers were absolutely absolutely sensational, sort of. They, you know, there were a few attacking chances, but I think the big standouts were Pope and Sanchez. For me, I thought they had really good games between the stick, and you know, it just showed how good Sanchez behind, you know, Brighton defense is that that's been hard to break down to start the season. I think you know both both really good assets at their prices. Um, I think March was probably a bit of a standout for Brighton. Had three shots, two chances created, and one big chance created. So. He's looked really good in the preseason, and you know, to start the season, he's looked really good as well. But you know, at his price point in the midfield, there probably are a few more options. But um, 
definitely probably someone worth keeping an eye on. But, you know, outside the likes of Trippier, I thought Trippier was just, you know, as good as usual. Probably didn't create as many chances as he has early in the season. But I think that he's definitely probably that nearly that best option at 5.0, um, at least for the next sort of 10 weeks. But outside of that, I'm probably not looking at anyone else. Maybe Wilson, if you want to take a pun up front. But, you know, this week they do have a hard fixture. So, you know, if you were looking at Wilson, I'd probably maybe wait one week before getting him in. Um, what did you take out of the game, David? Yeah, so um, for mine, uh, you know, obviously Nick Pope is the GOAT. But uh, <laughs> uh, Newcastle's defence was uh, pretty decent. Um, you know, they gave away a few chances, but they defended uh, well in general. I think they're going to be uh, quite good, especially when their fixtures are um, looking a little better. Uh, Brighton's attacking potential is uh, really good. I know um, uh, Tien's got a few on, on them, so I'll let him sort of talk about them. Uh, for mine, and obviously, I don't look, I don't necessarily think he's an option. I think. Uh, I know we talked about him last year as a little bit of a joke, but uh, uh, Welbeck, <laughs> Welbeck actually played pretty decently. Um, I can't see myself bringing him in, but uh, he did look uh, pretty decent. Uh, and then obviously for Newcastle, as I said last week, uh, you know, uh, Bruno, um, the Newcastle Bruno is probably the best Bruno in the league at the moment, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't argue with that. Tien, <laughs> uh, how about yourself, mate? Um, yeah, so this, I, I didn't actually watch the, uh, this game. Um, I, I watched a bit of the highlights, um, but I, I've seen a lot of love for Pascal Gross on on Twitter uh, as mm. a potential like Bailey or, or, or NATO replacement. Um, but personally, for me, I, I think it's still still a bit of a wait and see. I, I want to see a little bit more uh, from him uh, before I don't make a jump because. Um, yeah, like somehow I just don't feel very comfortable. Um, so I, I think they've got like West Ham next, uh, which is probably a good test to see how, how they go. And then you know, with, with three three weeks of data, I think we can make a better a better assessment. Probably um, their easiest fixture, I'd say, to you. <laughs> we'll wait and see, yeah. Uh, depending on how massive West Ham are, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, I think Brighton features are quite decent for for this defensive asset. So I, I wouldn't mind uh, if anyone jumping on, like you know, a Sanchez or or one of the defenders, like Lewis Dunk. I don't, I don't mind that at all. Um, but Newcastle features, on the other hand, are a little bit trickier. I think with Man City and uh, Liverpool in the next uh, couple of uh, weeks. And um, yeah, so I certainly wouldn't be jumping on anyone uh, for now. Um, but but if you do have like Trippier uh, and you can bench him, then then perhaps um, perhaps you can hold. Uh, but if you can't, you don't have a decent bench to to come on for him. Then then there's I think there's there's some decent options at the five million uh, price point as well that he can go to. Yeah, no, definitely I agree. I think I'm looking at I think a good option is if you do have Nico Williams on there. I think they've got you know at least a fixture where you could possibly see a return this week. So. I think, yeah, subbing him out for a Nico Williams or someone like that or Pereira if he's fit um, and playing for Fulham, I think two good options, sort of to, at least even De Silva, I guess, on Brentford if you've got him on the bench as well. Um, well, we might get on to Man City and Bournemouth. So the scoreline probably everyone expected to happen, but maybe not sort of, I guess, the goal scorers. So... 
I might just the few points to touch on. I sort of a lot of people are sort of ripping uh, Harlan on Twitter just of how uh, uninvolved he was in in the attack, but um, you could see that they were trying to get balls into him, but they just weren't sort of finding his feet. So, you know, I don't think there's too much of a stress with people that own Harlan because, you know, this week he could very much still score two goals against Newcastle, even though Newcastle defensively being good. But you just see the way that they built their side. Like, you just have to see Pep taking Foden off for not passing Harlan the ball is how much they want to have Harlan as the focal point in that attack. But, you know, KDB, I thought, had a massive game, had four shots, got a goal, got five chances created and had an assist as well. And then also Cancelo, you know, sat quite high, pretty much just played like a winger. At times he was getting central as well, so he was sort of getting in good attacking positions but centrally as well. So I think a lot of people that, you know, aren't going the two uh, City attackers, if you've at least got Cancelo, I think that's almost nearly good enough Um to match most attackers on that City team. But outside of that, I thought they probably could have won this game a, a bit more. But, um, yeah, I think people that do have the City assets definitely um, hold Harlan. And if you've got KDB, definitely a good captaincy option this week as well at Newcastle. What did you take out of the game, Damon? Yeah, so um, as we've sort of stated before, City is just good. You know, they're good attacking, they're good defence. Uh, I... <laughs> Not that I'm not surprised that uh, Harlan sort of uh, that he hardly got onto the ball. Like obviously, think uh, as you said, there was a pass that <laughs> that should have happened, and Harlan should have got a goal. But um, yeah, I'm just look. I could be. I, I sorry. I am in the minor here, but I'm just not sold on Harlan. Uh, so now I'm definitely keeping Kane for the medium to long term over over him. Um, in saying that, though, I think. Uh, we will need to revisit the conversation, probably not this week, but definitely next week, about potentially moving on Salah for KDB. Um, KDB is just an absolute architect of that attack. He, you know, scored worldy. Uh, he gave it, you know, obviously with with the assist um, uh, to Foden, but uh, yeah, like he's he, he's just on another level, and he's when fit. He's, in my opinion, probably the best player in the world. So a big statement, like, obviously, with what Salah's done over the last few years. But he's amazing. He's an amazing footballer. Um, And, yeah, so I think a strong conversation needs to be had about him next week. Uh, for, For mine, obviously, in terms of cheaper Man City options, Aki... Um, if he and I don't know if I've said that right, but he uh, definitely if he keeps starting, he's a definite option. He could get a, an attacking return here and there. Um, I know a lot of people are jumping on Walker, and he got a um, price rise, but he's been really defensive. I don't know about what you guys have sort of noticed um, in terms of City, but he's played, uh, in my opinion, completely defensively. So yeah, you know he'll get clean sheets, but. I don't know about attacking returns um, at the moment. Uh, Cancelo, you know, uh, got the lucky assist with a deflected own goal. But, um, he, you know, plays, he's basically playing as a left winger at the moment most of the time in the box. He, you know, he's he's as essential as you're going to get in the game um, this year. Uh, for mine, 
I think a City triple up is um, definitely, like, you know, if an Arsenal triple up is essential, I think a City, does, um, City triple up is um, almost as essential, if not more essential. Um, if I had to pick three players right now that I would have, um, I would probably be going Cancelo, KDB, and either um, Edison um, or yep. Haaland, but I'd probably lean towards more the uh, Edisons because I can I can see a lot more clean sheets um, in this uh, Man City run. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Tien? Um Yeah, pretty much agree with what he just said. Um, yeah, Cancelo is, is pretty much a, a must-have. Uh, I think a lot of people have, have tried to, to get, like, just Walker to try to cover Cancelo, but I, I think you can see what what he can do in, in any game. Like he can, you know, get both um, defensive and attacking returns as well. Um, and, every, you know, every time he does anything, you know, if you don't have him, he, he will hurt your rank a lot. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'll try, you know, everything um, you can if, if you don't have Cancelo. Um, uh, Walker is, is definitely a, a good option as well, like for five, what is it, 5.1 million now. Yeah, he's yeah, now. Guaranteed yeah, clean sheet uh, every game. Um, and I think kind of uh, I listened to a report earlier where someone said that you know you, you know you, if you have a, a striker right you know, you're hoping for them to score a goal and a goal would get them uh, four points <laughs> like Walker is essentially getting four points for clean sheet every game so it's it's mm-hmm. like a five million striker who score a goal pretty much every game yeah um, so I, I don't think you can complain too much with uh, with Walker uh, even though he, he he offers very little. Uh, attacking um, yeah, no, potential right. at all. Uh, but, yeah, so it's, it's definitely a strong case for uh, a City defensive uh, double-up. I, I, I do like Edison as well, but, uh, you know, he's slightly more expensive. Um, and also, you know, for a goalkeeper, it's a little bit harder to make the switch if you if you want to switch to someone else. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, for Walker, you can switch to any other sort of 5 million um, uh, defender. So... So flexibility, you know, it's, it's probably better to go for uh, Walker over over Edison and use that, you know, 0.4 million to invest elsewhere. Um, KDB is definitely a great option, but personally for me, you know, with, with Salah and Haaland in my team, I, I just can't find any way to get him in. Um, I, yeah, it's too early to think about moving on Salah for KDB. I, I think it's, it's more something that I would do towards the end of the season if I want to you know, chase a particular a target. Um, but, you know, you know that Salah is still, a, a, you know, one of the best options, FPL options, and, and mm. you know, on any given day, he can turn up and, you know, score a goal and an assist and he'll get, like, you know, 12, 13 points. And if you don't have him, uh, again, it's, then it's just one of those things where your ranks will be decimated. So, so personally, you know, as much as I like, like KDB, I, I don't think I'll go for him anytime soon. Um, mm. Any other different, uh, midfielders in in um, the city lineup? It's a bit of a gamble at the moment. Even there's been a bit of love for for Gunnar in in um, on Twitter as well. But I, I I still think it's a wait and see. I want to see a bit more, especially when yeah. he's actually you know, nailed on every every game as well. Yeah, no, exactly. There's a lot of talk around if Bernardo Silva goes, that should give him, I guess more cemented a uh, more cemented position in that side but obviously Barcelona you know they're probably minus in debt 50 billion dollars so not sure whether <laughs> that's going to come off but um 
just a question I'll throw to you is, um, like myself on the early wild card this week, would you, if you had the choice, would you go KDB or Harlan in your wild card if you could afford either or either? KDB for mine. So you do a sell a KDB double? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like um, how KDB is playing at the moment. I think um, uh, and midfielders get more points for goals anyway, so um, it'd be KDB for mine. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Tien? Sorry, I take you off there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I'll go Harlan myself because I, I do like the, the the flexibility of having a premium forward and a premium um, midfielder rather than you know putting all the eggs in the basket in in midfield because there's a couple of reasons for that. So obviously that you know up front you've got Kane and Harlan kind of like you know the two mm. premium options that you can jump between them uh, depending on the if you want to sort of uh, chase a particular feature runs or something. Um, and then in midfield there's, there's a lot of Good options around the you know the eight million or below uh, price point as well, which uh, again you know having having two premium there, um, it kind of like lock you out of that a bit. Uh, I know there's there's Son there as well, which seemed to be falling out of favour a little bit uh, due to the fact that he's been a bit quiet in the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's just a matter of like you know what team structure you want to you want to to go with and, and um, it's very hard to make the switch between one and the other once you've once you've done the wild card so until the next one of course yeah no definitely sort of i was just looking at it myself um i think maybe you could go an ivan tony up front and then go kdb in the middle but you know <clears throat> as you said it's a lot more flexibility if you do have harlem because you can jump to kane or even jump down to a darwin nunez when he finishes his <laughs> six years suspensions <laughs> i think you'll find though if you put it out on twitter um or if you put it out to the community it'll almost be 50 50 yeah um maybe a touch in sort of harlan's favor at the moment but uh come the weekend if KDB Halls again and Harlan, you know, just gets the one assist or even um, or doesn't uh, doesn't score. Uh, I think you'll find very quickly that KDB will become the, the almost the must-have option. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, we might get on to Southampton and Leeds. So I sort of thought this might be another victory for Leeds, but Southampton fought back in that second half to equalise. But, you know, Rodrigo continues to impress um, had five shots, two goals, three chances created, one big chance created. But for me, I thought Harrison this season's probably been their most uh, influential player in attack. So this week he had four chances created, one big chance created, and got an assist as well. So I thought Harrison's looked really good. You know, he's going under the radar a little bit, a little bit. A lot of people sort of talking about the likes of Rodrigo and and Aronson, where Harrison's kind of. You know, I guess from a stats point of view, he's been really good and, you know, he's looked really good as well in attack. Um, talking to Southampton, you know, I'm probably not going to be considering any assets yet, but, you know, when their fixture run does open up, you know, at least we're going to get a good sample size. So a couple of players sort of keep an eye on is a Rebo, um, sort of can play number 10, but can also play up front as a second striker as well. And, you know, he's only 55 uh, class as a midfielder, so, you know, a little bit of value there if we do start to see, you know, more goals from Aribo. Um And then Bazuno in goals, um, you know, showed that he's a, a great shot stopper, but, you know, that's, that defense is a little bit suspect at the moment. So 
definitely a wait and watch, but I think Leeds offer a, you know, a few good assets. Um, what do you think, Damon? What did you take from the game? Yeah, so, but firstly, I wanted to say sort of um, I do feel sorry for Bamford. Uh, re-injured again, uh, you know, limped off injur- injured. So uh, hopefully he recovers soon. He's, you know, uh, back in the day he was a really good asset and um, great, an absolute great player. So um, hopefully he comes back uh, fairly soon. Um, for mine, not so much any sort of asset-wise because both defences weren't great. Um, I've, I've sort of cooled on our open centre bit. I don't know about you guys, but um, in terms of that 5.5 uh, million player, uh, I don't know. Like I don't know whether it's just because he hasn't returned. I know in the first game he almost um, uh, returned or got chalked off anyway. But um, I've seemed to have cooled on him a little bit um, since then. Um, how about yourself, Tian? Any sort of views on that? Um, yeah, no, I, I think I agree. It's 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 very tricky to like to figure out which of the sort of the the, the cheap five point five or six million options are, are actually like, good options because you know sometimes they play well in one game and then like oh let's jump mm. on that that player, uh, but then they just you know return to their normal self in the in the next game week. So I I think you know we just had too little information you know, with with two game weeks. There's there's not much to to go with, and I've I've seen a lot of love for. For uh, Rodrigo as well as a you know replacement for either Bailey or or, or Neto and the same thing like it's it's just like yep he's definitely looked good in the last couple of games but uh, but is that is that something that will continue or not I I think we'll, we'll just have to wait and see and and from what I've heard uh, it for for Bamford I I think it might have been precautionary more than anything so he he might be he might be back uh, very soon uh, which I think will. will uh, have a, a negative impact on on the Drigo, uh, attacking potential. So, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of a wait and see uh, for me. Um, and Sansa see, seen a little bit of love for for Lavia. It's like a four point five million midfielder from Southampton. Um, yeah, he's a good player. Downgrade from from Bailey. Um, but yes, as I said, it's, it's probably not too much that you can expect from him. Yeah, it's got to be you know maybe second or third on the bench um, for for most people if you go there. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't think Southampton's fixtures open up about week six. So they got Wolves, Brentford, Aston Villa, Everton, and then obviously a hard fixture against City after that. So, you know, if you are targeting sort of, I guess if you do have that Lavia on your bench, you can kind of maybe plug him in in those fixtures from six to week nine, sort of if you need sort of to rotate um, players. But, you know, I've heard a few pods uh, over the last couple of days talking about leads, and they and they even think that once Sinistera gets um, up to speed, that you know Rodrigo might even might not find his way into the starting side every week. So, you know, I think it, for, as you said, Tian, it's probably a wait and watch. But you know, he has looked really good. Mm. Uh, well, we might get into our next fixture, which is Wolves and Fulham. Um, a lot of people, we spoke earlier about uh, getting out Jesus. A lot of people went Jesus to Nunes and Jesus to Mitrovic this week. And, you know, Mitrovic did look good in the game, had four shots with a big chance created, but he also missed the penalty. So, you know, disappointing for the people that got um, Mitrovic in this week. But I still think, you know, at that price range, he's a good plug and play, like a couple of hard fixtures coming up, but... You know, as he as you've seen against Liverpool, you can still get on the score sheet against the better defenses. But 
you know, speaking of Wolves, I didn't really – I mean, Neto had a couple of chances, but I didn't really – I still don't like the look of um, Wolves in attack. I still think they're similar to last season where, you know, they created chances, but there was no sort of player that really dominated the chances that you can kind of highlight as a, a play to get in. But, you know, Saar in goals was amazing, saved the penalty and just, you know, was an absolute freak like he was last year. And, you know <coughs> – sorry – Lose my voice. Um, showed that he's a decent option at five point zero, but I think Wolves fixtures only last good for another three to four weeks, and then you know they have quite a tough run. So, for people that are sort of looking at Saar, you could probably get him in or even hold him for the next you know few weeks. But I'm probably not a long term option for me. Uh, what do you think, Damo? Yeah, so I thought uh, you know Wolves had a decent uh, game attacking wise, as you sort of uh, mentioned as well. But um, Neto's a tough one. Like, I've jumped off Neto. Um, I, I put Neto in that sort of like the uh, Bailey camp as well in terms of selling this week. Uh, I've, yeah, so I've jumped off. And I'll mention, I'll talk later on um, my transfer moves and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, so Mitro, Mitro's going to be, an, uh, if you've got Mitro on your side, he's going to be an absolute roller coaster um, this season. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, for those who sort of jumped off uh, Jesus, uh, you know, a bit, bit of tough luck, obviously, with uh, Mitro and um, uh, Darwin Nunes sort of spudding it up. But, uh, yeah, like, it's it, it's going to be a tough one because uh, especially with Wolves, um, yeah, uh, it's it's I think it's, too early to sort of tell how their attack is going to line up. I, I think that have they signed another attacker or I know they've signed a player, but was he easy in attacker? Does anyone know? Uh, no idea who that is. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Um, yeah. Cause I know they've signed, I know Wolves signed a player uh, let me, I'll just actually do a quick, a quick check. Uh, do where is it? Because uh, I know he's a he's another he's another uh, Portuguese player, <laughs> but, but I, I think he may be in a. Sorry, I, I had me mic on mute. It's uh, Gonzalo yeah. Guedes. He's a yeah. Oh no, placed... Nunes, Nunes. That's that's the one I was. Uh, so Matthias Nunes. Oh, they signed um, another one as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I actually think he's a midfielder um, from Sporting Lisbon. Because uh, I know they signed yeah. uh, Consalo uh, Guedes, who's a striker for um, Portugal. Mm, yeah, no, they've just uh, literally wrapped up a couple of hours ago a, oh, yeah, um, a player, Matthias Nunes. They've, they've actually broken their um, club record as well, the 42.2 um, million. Uh, but yeah, I'm not quite sure whether he is, um, I don't know enough information about him, but I'm pretty sure he's a midfielder. So how that sort of changes, um, the Wolves attack as well. Um, I think it needs to be a sort of a wait and see. Yeah, no, definitely. I sort of, yeah, like I said, I sort of don't rate their attack at the moment, but, you know, the, the likes of this Consolo Guedes and, you know, Nunes that's just signed, you know, might breathe a little bit of life into that attack and give us, you know, another couple of options. What are your thoughts, Tian? 
Yeah, no, I, I think I just echo with, with both of you. It's it's pretty much wait and see for most of them. Uh, so Mitrovic, if you've got, just just hold in for at least with Brentford and, and see you know see if you want to jump off to someone else um, after that. But you know if you if you hold in a bit long term and, and try to ride those hard fixtures out, I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think he's going to do well um, in a lot of the fixtures anyway. Um, I I don't have note of myself. I'd probably have Bailey. I, I I think there are some people who double up with you know Bob Nato and, and Neto and 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 Bailey in their teams, and I think it's just definitely going to be a big problem. Uh, but personally, you know, if I had Neto and I have nothing else to do, um, and if I only have one free transfer, for example, I'll be tempted just to hold him. It's just not the worst option to hold, really. I mean, it's five point five. You can't expect too much from him. Um, yeah. But if you, on the other hand, you know, if you have two free transfer and have nothing else to do, and you, you desperately want to, to jump jump onto someone else, and then yeah, it's certainly um, he's a he's a, certainly a sellable asset as well. Um, but yeah, definitely don't 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 be um, not looking to buy anyone from from either team at the moment. No, definitely. Well, we might get on to one of the highlight games of the weekend. So. Man United losing 4-0 to Brentford. So before I let uh, Damo waffle on a little bit, I'll <laughs> just speak on uh, what I took out of the game. So, you know, I think I've mentioned a million times on Twitter and in group chats that's probably the worst game I've seen De Gea play. Um, you, you very rarely will see a keeper be responsible for a lot of goals. You might say one or two, but... You know, the first three goals for United just, you know, showed a lot of the flaws that, you know, De Gea showed over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, a terrible start by United in that first half. But, you know, that doesn't take away from Brentford. They played really good in attack. And the likes of Tony had a, a massive day out. You know, he had four chances created. Uh, he had two assists and had two big chances created as well. So his link-up play with Jensen and, uh, and Bermo were just, yeah, really good and you know people that are considering Tony I think with their runner fixtures you know definitely a great option I thought for um, Manchester United you know there wasn't a lot of highlights but I sort of thought Ronaldo was probably the most likely in attack you know had six shots three chances created but obviously there was no end result we didn't score a goal but you know it's it's very confusing to get a take on Man United I definitely wouldn't be looking at any assets um you could maybe target them, but, you know, I still think it's just a little bit of unknown there. So, you know, if you, if you want to target Man United as an easier fixture, you know, the, the uh, evidence is there that they haven't been playing good, but maybe tread with caution with uh, investing on multiple assets versus United. I think one one asset against United is probably good, but, yeah, um, you know, throwing the, you know, everything onto a game against United I think could be a little bit... Uh, it could be asking for some um, sadness at the end of the day, but what's your take, Damo? I'm sure you've got lots to say, mate. <laughs> uh, you, you make it too easy for me, Q. You really do. Um, <laughs> the, the only unfortunate thing is uh, West Ham aren't playing well at the same time as United not playing well. So that, that's a bit unfortunate. So I can't completely rip into you. But uh, in saying that, um, if you've got me at Man United Assets, um, sell. Like sell, 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 sell. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so absolutely sell. Um, I want to actually talk about Brentford because Brentford were absolutely superb. Tony, definite yes uh, to bring in. 
Uh, if you can, if you can do that for your team, do it. Brentford's uh, run now, I think for the next, uh, I think it might even be for the next eight to ten fixtures, um, is great. So, um, you know, Wembo had a good game. I probably won't bring, be bringing him in, but uh, definitely, as I said, Tony. Uh, De Silva, I'm not, like, he's, look, he's only 4.6, so he's not expensive. I'm not sold on him yet. Like, obviously, uh, even uh, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, you're right about De Gea because a Sunday league keeper probably would have saved that shot. Uh, in, you know, in saying that, like, uh, he, yeah, like, he's 4.6 million, so he's bargain basement as is. So, um, yeah, so, I don't know, like, in terms of Man United, it's, you know, what can I say? They're, they're not playing well. Um, question for, uh, obviously, both of you are Man United supporters. So, is it, is it more mental? Like, you look at Man United, they've got some of the best players in the world in their side, but they're just – and they couldn't do it last year and multiple coaches now. What – can you pinpoint what it is? Is it uh, like Ronaldo sort of not stirring things up, but as in knowing that Ronaldo wants out, um, you know, I mean, like, you know, Man United visits Australia and they – and, um, you know, Maguire's booed. Like, what exactly is it? Like, what? it's got to be mental. It can't be, you know, on paper, you've got a very good side. So can you pinpoint it? Like, <laughs> I'll throw it sort of back to you, Q, before you throw it to TN. Like, what exactly is it? Well, I think listening to Ten Hag after the match, he said they haven't implemented anything that's, they've been wanting to implement this season. So mm. that could come down to an, like just, I guess, poor discipline. But also I think there's a couple of uh, situations where it's fitting a rectangle shape into a circle hole. I just, at the start of the season, I think a lot of people heard Ten Hag come out and say that, you know, the team needs heart surgery pretty much. Mm. And, you know, they've, they haven't given him you know, the plays that he's wanted, you know, he needs a, a, another central player. Um, he, you know, wants uh, more defensive um, cover. And, you know, got Martinez, who's, you know, we've all joked about how small he is, but I actually see him better in this um, team as a central defensive player just because he is good on the ball. But, you know, it just comes down to attitude. And I think there's just a lot of players out there that were giving away easy ball and, and, you know, they keep persisting with De Gea playing out from the back and he just can't do it. He just is not good at it. And, you know, it showed twice on the weekend. One led to a goal and one led to, you know, almost a goal again. So I just think that instead of saying, well, regardless of who we got, we need to, you know, adjust the, um, I guess, the strategy to cater to the plays we have. You can't just be like, well, this is what I want to play regardless of whether you can do it or not. So... You know, I think that's the issue there. A lot of people are still happy to blame Ronaldo, but on the weekend, I think just, yeah, just didn't go to plan. And then when you're down 4-0 in 35 minutes, it's just it's just a mm. mess. What do you think, Tien? Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd, I think, you know, don't want to talk too much about Man United because I, I think we're going to spend <laughs> another two hours before we move to the next game. Uh, 
but yeah, no, I, I agree with uh, most of you know what what you've just said. It's it's a lot of things that are going wrong at the moment. Uh, it's it's very hard to pinpoint to exactly what's going what's going on. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's just you know the player's attitude or or, or or the you know the mental state or whatever. It's it's also the ability of a lot of the players that they're just not good enough. And Ten Hag is definitely not getting the players that he wanted to get. Um, there's just no transfers that nothing's happening at all so it's 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 just so many problems at the moment and and i think i, I you know i, I joined I, I was on the on the stream you know pre game week one with um with fpl whole rob um and um and i you know even then i was you know not very bullish with man united at all even though you know we had some good preseason games but then towards the end of preseason i i, I felt that something wasn't quite right um, yeah. So yeah, basically, you know, I, I moved off totally from from any Man United asset. Like I was still hoping for like you know a close game with Brighton and then a close game with Brentford, like you know maybe like a two one win or something. But yeah, you know, totally got things wrong. Right? I think it was a lot worse than I anticipated. So so definitely sell any United players that you have. Sell all of them <laughs> very very soon as soon as as soon as we can. Um, uh, Brantford wise, obviously, you know they they look great. Uh, I mean, we made them look great. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> can't take away from from the fact that you know Tony had a great game. Um, you know, if if you want a Nunes and you've already got a Jesus, I, I think Tony is a is a great option to you know as a Nunes replacement. Um, I'm not very hot on the silver at all. A lot of people, you know, have moved for him as a you know Bailey downgrade from Bailey as well. Uh, but if you've already missed the prior rise, that I, I don't think you, you should go there, um, especially if you, you've already got like Andreas in, in your team as well. I think one 4.5 million midfielder is probably enough. I, I wouldn't uh, advocate moving for a second sort of 4.5, 4.6 million spot because then you've got like two sort of very poor um, midfielder spots that you probably want to bench them most weeks and it just become very inflexible. I'd, I wouldn't advocate that at all. Um, and the last option from, from Brentford, I think, is just the, the keeper, Raya. I think he's, he's going to be a good option. I'd, it's probably too early to say whether he will be the 4.5 million keeper, uh, but he's, he's looking pretty good so far. Yeah, definitely. And their, and their fixtures are quite good to about week 15, which will take us out to that World Cup break. And, you know, I think Chelsea's probably the hardest fixture in there. And I think they might have one other that's, you know, considered a, a greenish fixture, but could be a little bit tough as well. But I think definitely um, the 4.5 keepers, it's it's like um, you want to pick which 4.5 keeper to get on at each time because I don't think one really dominates all season. I think they all sort of show their part. And I think... Like you said, Raya is a, a definitely a great pickup. Um, might just touch on De Silva. A lot of people are sort of getting him in. Um, outside his goal, which Damo mentioned, you know, it was a pretty uh, soft goal. He didn't really have a lot of goal contributions. And, you know, the likes of, I guess, when you compare him to other assets, you know, Bailey, even though, um, you know, he was on the bench, but he did come on and, you know, he was involved in two chances and one probably should have been finished with a goal. So, I just think that maybe hold Bailey if you don't need the cash to if you don't need to downgrade him to sort of free up some cash. But I just think De Silva's one of those players where you know is a good footballer, but 
at the moment is more of a wait and see for me as an FPL asset. Um, well, we might get into the next game, which was uh, West Ham losing 1-0 to Nottingham Forest. So I'll just quickly touch on it before I let Damo um, tug on his heartstrings. Um, Nico Williams is a standout for me in this game. Um, pretty much played like a right winger, had four shots, two chances created, one big chance created. And as I said, you know, he's on set pieces as well. So even though not Nottingham Forest probably should have conceded a few goals this game, I still think that in these sort of easier fixtures, he's a great uh, player to sort of put on your starting lineup if you need to, if you have like a Trippier or someone else that, you know, you don't want to play this week. I think Nico Williams, you know, has a lot of high upside there. I sort of thought... Um, Lingard looked good, but still a wait and see for me. I sort of haven't seen a great deal in attack from Knotts at the moment to sort of jump on any assets. I thought Bowen looked good. West Ham probably unlucky not to score a goal. I think they hit the post twice. So I still think um, West Ham assets are a wait for me at least to week eight. But then from week eight onwards, I think, you know, Bowen's definitely a great option. Um, what did you think, Demo? Yeah, so... This game here, before I sort of touch on the assets, was so frustrating to watch as a West Ham fan. It was just, yeah, just absolutely frustrating. The the fact that, uh, well, the first non-goal, which should have, which was probably a goal, um, the one that got chalked off, um, the two posters, the penalty that Rice took that, again, I don't think Rice should have taken... Uh, it's just frustrating, just frustrating. We should have at least got a draw, if not a win, out of this game. And, yeah, it's just those games. It's just those those games there that are just absolutely frustrating to um, to uh, watch as a supporter. Like, obviously, I know um, – I sort of now know how, how it feels to be a Man United supporter, um, <laughs> um, given how you Thanks, guys mate. played. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, no, but in all honesty, it was just it was such a frustrating um, watch. Uh, in terms of the game itself, um, I think, and I wouldn't necessarily bring him in, but Ben Rama was our best player, and he has been the last couple of weeks. Um, and I don't know in terms of um, Nottingham Forest, not sure how much he's priced at, but I know. Um, uh, I know Tien mentioned Raya as potentially the best 4.5 uh, million keeper. I'd almost put Dean Henderson in that um, in that picture as well. I'm pretty sure he's 4.5. He was absolutely phenomenal in the game. He was probably uh, he was the best player for uh, Nottingham Forest in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, so uh, in terms of uh, West Ham. Assets, um, both Cresswell and Ben Rama are on set pieces. Uh, definitely, when our uh, I think our fixtures aren't too bad. I know you mentioned game week eight, but I'm pretty sure our fixtures are semi decent um, in the next few anyway. So, if you sort of need um, an attacking defender, definitely, uh, definitely recommend Cresswell as an option. Um, and if Ben Rama keeps starting, uh, Ben Rama's a very uh, – it should be a very good option. Like, obviously, we were all sort of on him last year. Um, yeah, so 
Uh, other than that, as you sort of mentioned, Nico Williams, he's uh, he's basically going to be a season keeper for me. You know, he's 4.0. Uh, like, if you can throw him in when um, they've got good fixtures. Um, yeah, so for mine, it's um, for it, any other sort of West Ham asset, including Bowen, it's probably wait and see until they sort of catch fire. But... Um, yeah, so as soon as they do catch fire, uh, we'll definitely be recommended a few more uh, West Ham assets. Uh, no, look, it, yeah. Sorry. Looking at their gone. fixtures, uh, they've got Brighton, Spurs, and Chelsea in the next three or four games. So Yeah, I sh- no, no, it's, it's not, not, the easy, not the easiest. And um, obviously, like, as, much as, as much as you're probably going to laugh uh, at this, Brighton's probably the toughest fixture out of those three. Brighton always give us trouble, whereas we've actually got a decent record. We actually beat Chelsea last season, um, yeah. and, and we've got a decent record uh, over Tottenham. So um, as sort of funny as it sounds, um, I actually fear Brighton more than the other two. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, what about ETN? What did you take from the game? Um, yeah, no, I, I think you've covered really well, especially the West Ham method. So, I, but you know, just very briefly touch on a couple of points. You know, Henderson, uh, Henderson was was definitely great in that game. I mean, he saved a penalty as well and, and kept a clean sheet. But you know, you could argue that probably they they wouldn't have deserved a clean sheet in that. Mm. Um, so, he's certainly a, a good uh, alternative option at the four point five million. Um, Price point, uh, but their fixtures is definitely not as enticing. We've got you know Everton and then Tottenham, Man City in, in the next uh, three games, and it's just certainly not as as good as um, Brentford. So I think out of those two, I will definitely pick uh, Raya. Um, and yeah, similarly with uh, Nico Williams as well. I mean, you know, he got the seven point and and um, sitting on on everyone's bench. Um, um, and certainly with, with um, the way he play and, you know, quite involved in, in attack as well, he's certainly a, an okay option to start again, Everton, for a lot of people, you know, with a Bailey or, or someone that they want to bench. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have any problem starting uh, Nico Williams at all. But, yeah, I, I don't think I'll be buying anyone from, from either teams at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we might head on to Chelsea and Tottenham, which, you know, it was quite a good game to watch. Chelsea probably should have won. They created enough mm. chances to win this game, but just couldn't do the finishing touch. But, you know, Reese James, I thought, had a really good game. A lot of people were sort of worried when he went into sort of the central position in that back three, but he was actually getting forward just as much. It was just more centrally. So I thought he looked really good, and, and in that second half, he got pushed back to his wide position. And, you know, it's a bit disappointing to see Loftus-Cheek uh, in his position in the first half because the chances that uh, he got in that first half, I think Reese James would have scored. And, you know, he did end up getting on the score sheet in the second half. But, you know, I wouldn't be worried if he's in that back three Um Every now and again, um, I think that he's going to offer just as much sort of there. Probably not as many crosses, but I think there's going to be more opportunity for him to sort of get in on goal and get some shots off. Um, I sort of thought Mount's a little underwhelming, but he did get, you know, two really good chances that the keeper saved. So, you know, if you do have him and, you know, not wanting to go sideways to uh, any of the other assets at that price, I think he's definitely a good hold because they do have good fixtures. Um, in terms of Spurs, I thought Kane put in a good uh, performance. He still is sort of dropping quite deep, 
um, which, you know, probably isn't as attractive when you're looking at, you know, uh, their attacking assets with Son and Kulicheski. But, you know, he sort of, he is involved a lot. Um, he had three shots, one goal, uh, three chances created and two big chances created. So he is pretty crucial to that attack and he is getting involved. He's just not obviously getting the the sort of goals that everyone sort of thought that he might get. But I still think that um, either Kane or Son and maybe Kulicheski, if you're not going with obviously the premium assets, I think, um, you know, Kulicheski can offer probably not full cover of Kane or Son, but I think he's a good uh, third option there in that side. But Perisic, um, maybe a wait and see for me this week to see if he does start. I know sort of I thought he might not start to week three, week four. So Definitely one to watch if he does start. You know, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. And, you know, definitely a, an option at that 5.5. Um, what did you take, Damo? Yeah, so um, the I actually have Perisic in my side. I, oh, I sort of started from game week one, uh, not uh, sort of realising he wasn't going to start. So uh, obviously being in Australia, went to sleep and then obviously the Twitter news broke that he uh, probably wouldn't start. Uh, so it's a bit late. But... Um, I was going to sell him this week, but uh, the what was it, the four minute cameo that he had, where he, oh, I was a little bit more than four minutes, but uh, where he was pretty much everything, uh, assisted in the the Kane goal, uh, and then there's talks that he'll actually start this week has swayed me not to sell him, uh, and I'll probably start him this week, uh, so yeah, definitely uh, Perisic is one to watch. Uh, he was, as I said, he was involved in most of these hacks, free kicks, and the left side corners. Uh, Reese James, I don't know. Uh, yes, uh, sorry, I am on the right game. <laughs> um, Reese James obviously started as a right centre back. Uh, he once he he wasn't he was hardly sort of in it until Aspie went off, moved on to the right wing back spot. And then he was very creative. Um, I wouldn't be selling James at all, though. Like he's, um, I think he's still going to get cleans, and he's going to get, he's still going to get the odd attacking uh, return. And then if he's in that kind of sort of preferred uh, right wing back spot, he's going to be dominant. So wouldn't necessarily be doing anything other than keeping <laughs> uh, James in your in your side. Um, one that uh, obviously there's a bit, fair, been a fair bit of talk about him is Sterling. So he's sort of a, a little bit all over, all over the place at the moment. He's playing as a striker. He's playing. He's played on the wings. Um, he's created a lot of chances. Uh, I think Sterling will end up coming good. Um, but my sort of my question to you guys is: Is Sterling impacting on Mount's attacking returns? Because Mount has not looked like the same asset as sort of last year. Um, other than that, uh, I think, you know, with most of uh, you, mostly covered uh, the rescue. There's not really anyone else I want to talk about. Um, you know, Son, was, uh, he was, wasn't was really in the game. Like, in fairness, as I as you sort of said earlier, Q, um it was Chelsea's game to win. Uh, like the fact that sort of Spurs came into it and um, drew to all uh, was obviously it's great for Spurs. Uh, disappointing for Chelsea, but uh, that could be it. You know what I mean? Like, but it's 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 really hard to tell. But 
when you're paying what is it twelve point oh for a for a player, you sort of want to want those consistent returns. Uh, yeah. How about yeah? How about yourself, uh, Tien? Uh, yeah, definitely agree with uh, what you just said as well. And in terms of in terms of Spurs, the Spurs asset, I I I personally wouldn't read too much into that performance, uh, because I feel that you know Tuchel and and Chelsea have done really well to neutralize um, you know I think that particularly Son. I think I think James was basically man marking him the entire game uh, until until he, he he came off. So. So I yeah I wouldn't be too too concerned about you know if if you own Kane or Son or Kulusevski I, I I think they they you know you wouldn't read too much into that performance um you know I yeah so I I was one of the sort of the the luckier ones um you know staying up a little bit later um on on the you know game week one deadline and and, and sort of got uh, you know got got that news that Perisic wasn't likely to start so I was on Perisic and Mount. Before that, um, so I made sort of like a you know, pretty much like a last minute switch for to uh, to James and Kulusevski, and obviously that that had turned out to be uh, you know really really good moves. Uh, but you know just just to show that you know sometimes it's just a very 50-50 situations, and you know one way or the other, it's, it's sometimes not much in the decision itself, but the outcome can be quite um, you know. Swingy on, on on either side. So yeah. So personally, I think you know James is quite essential the way the way that he's been playing. You know, you know, it seems like he will start um, pretty much every game, um, whether he start in the right wing back position or the or, or the right centre back positions. I I think you know you you either either get a clean sheet or or taking return or both. Um, so so I think it's a very good case for if you don't have him, then try to get him in. Um, there's even a case to double up as well, given their you know this good fifty run. Um, so Cucurella is definitely an interesting option to to watch out for uh, potentially for for that five million um, defender spot. Um, if I had Mount, I probably would hold um, because and, you know it's, it's it's probably too early to assess the full impact of you know what Sterling's going to do to him and, and whether he is you know he's no longer the asset that he used to be. Um, but Mount is someone that you know tend to do really well in easier features. So he's a bit of a fat track bully. So I I you know and they they got Leeds next. So I certainly will be trying to hold him if I if I can. Um, Unless you know you, you don't have Martinelli and and you des- desperately need the fund to upgrade elsewhere, then you know a mountain Martinelli and then use a fund to to fix the other problem in the team uh, might not be a, 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 a the worst idea. Yeah, no, definitely. I think touching on Mount quickly before we move to the last game, it's they moved him more centrally uh, and more defensive in this game, obviously to limit the impact that uh, Son had in the game. So. As as you said, um, Tien, that it's sort of probably not too much to look into this game. It was more, I guess, a strategy from Chelsea's point of view to sort of minimise the effect that Son and Kane had in the game. And, you know, if you look at the teams coming up, like Wolves, I don't think are going to be able to do that. They don't have the the players that can kind of keep Son and Kane quiet like Chelsea can. So I I, I 100% agree. Uh, well, we might get into our last game, which is the Liverpool Crystal Palace game. I'm um, heading into this game. I sort of, 
I think I said on on socials and a few chats that I thought that Liverpool could go well, but if they didn't minimise the impact that Zaha and Eze had uh, in attack, that it could bite them. And, you know, even though it was a counter, I thought that Zaha, Eze did look really good and then did punish Liverpool getting the goal, um, Eze getting the assist. I um, thought Zaha looked really good, had four shots, got the goal and had one chance created. And Eze you know, just looked real lively in attack and, you know, it was the sole reason why they got that breakaway in the goal um, with his sort of fancy footwork, uh, beat a couple of plays and then put that ball to Zaha up front. I sort of thought Salah, a lot of people, you know, have been a little bit harsh with Salah saying, you know, he didn't get a return, um, you know, it's time to jump off, but he did create eight chances. So it's not like he wasn't involved in attack. It's just that the end product from some of the Liverpool players wasn't quite there. He had three shots as well. So he's still creating a lot of chances. Just obviously last season when he's creating all these chances, you know, they were ending goals or assists. So I still think, you know, he's worth keeping, especially if United this week. You're not sure what United is going to show up. But, you know, the, the stats are there saying that United are just shambles at the moment. So... I'm not sure whether I would captain Salah just because last season when um, they did come up against United, he was just on an absolute tear and was scoring goals for fun. So I think you need to look at the sample size in just this year, not sort of look at history because this year Liverpool as a whole haven't looked uh, their damaging best and, um, you know, finishing their chances up front. But, you know, Trent looked really good, had four shots, five chances created and two big chances created. Um you know, he's a necessity. Uh, I think this week, regardless of the fixture, um, you've got that attacking upside always of Trent. So, you know, he's always a play um, just just for that attacking upside at least. Like, you know, there might be a chance they, they concede this week, but I think just the attacking opportunities, you know, far too great just to leave on your bench. And a lot of people obviously lost patience of Robbo this week, but I still thought he got in a lot of good positions just – you know, lacked that finishing touch or just the combinations didn't quite work. But, you know, he was getting into great areas. And, you know, if you do, if you are patient and hold him, you know, you could be rewarded this week. But I definitely understand with the options of James and, and other other options, you know, you might want to downgrade and sort of save a bit of money. Um, what are your thoughts, Damo? Yeah, so just going on your point about um, people being rewarded for holding, uh, I know, like, uh, in terms of I can – uh, talk about like uh, my sort of game week in game week one. Uh, you know, I, I ended up holding on to Diaz, uh, Jesus, and Kane, and got rewarded with all three of them sort of returning uh, the next week. So I think um, all Liverpool option, oh, not options, but all Liverpool assets, uh, regardless of who you got on your side, whether you have got Robbo, Diaz, uh, Salah, they're all great options. I don't think they should necessarily go anywhere just yet. Um, even though I sort of did mention KDB earlier, uh, we did say it's a bit of a like sort of a wait and see um, because obviously with the fixtures, uh, you know they they they've got Man United next, and uh, then I think they've got Bournemouth, so two relatively easy fixtures in the grand scheme of things uh, for Liverpool. Um, in terms of you know anything else, I'm really really excited about. Uh, Palace at the moment. I think Palace are playing a great, um, great form of football. Uh, I'm excited about Zaha. I'm excited about Eze, especially Eze. Uh, I think he 
will be the sort of 5.5 million midfielder to, to get. Uh, sort of spoiler alert, he's probably going to be my move um, from Neto. Uh, he was absolutely sublime uh, in... Uh, he was absolutely sublime uh, this week. He uh, he played really, really well. He had the most touches. He had the most final third entries, uh, the most ball recoveries and the most take-ons uh, completed and the mo- uh, the equal most jewels won in uh, that game. And it's no mean feat uh, given they were playing Liverpool. Uh, so, yeah, so definitely um, at 1.1% owned at the moment. Um, he's definitely one to uh, look for. Um, Zaha as well. Like uh, I sort of, the way that I'm positioned at the moment, I could only afford sort of that 5.5 midfielder. That's why I've sort of gone for uh, SA over Zaha. They're, but they're both really, really good options. Um, obviously, people are unlucky. Uh, obviously, being burnt by Darwin if they moved off uh, Jesus now suspended for three games. So I would have to say people will be jumping off him. He's probably going to lose uh, to, um, you know, 0.2 or 0.3 uh, mil in value. Uh, might be good to grab uh, when he returns because he's going to be, you know, he's going to drop in that in that value quite significantly. Um, other than that, you sort of mentioned everyone else uh, that um, uh what was essentially talked about. Uh, how about yourself, TM? Was there anyone else in that fixture that uh, uh, excited you or that you're thinking about bringing in? Um, no one really that, that you haven't touched on. I, personally, I, I, I feel like the, the fixture from, from Crystal Palace is a little bit mixed for me to personally mm. invest in anyone. Uh, we've got like Man City, Newcastle and Brighton away in the next six uh, game weeks as well. Mm. So... So yeah, so I, I, yeah, they did look good, um, but I, I, I'm not sure if I, I want to invest in in, in any of the, the, the asset at the moment. Um, yeah, in terms of Liverpool, I, I agree completely. Like all of their all of their assets are, are good to hold, like very strong hold. If you know whoever you got, uh, but I think there's a question later on about you know what you do with the double up, um, the, the defensive double up, and that, I think I can touch a little bit on on that. But certainly there's there shouldn't be any rush to sell any of them, uh, or unless it's Darwin Nunes, obviously, with the, with the suspension. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Salah, Trent, Robertson, and, and Diaz, they're all very strong hold for me. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, that wraps up our game review, so you might get into our favourite segment of the week is the shit, the bed. <laughs> so let's see who uh, pooped their big boy panties this week and uh, a big candidate for me was David De Gea. Just, um, yeah, just absolutely horrible this week. And no, not for a fantasy point, but just um, Man United. He, he was at fault for three of the four goals. And, yeah, just absolutely horrendous. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so no surprises uh, that I've put uh, Man United in the, firmly in the shit the bed again, the, the whole side. They're just <laughs> uh, – they're in the uh, – in the trash at the moment, just uh, they're pretty terrible. I think um, there's rumours that Maguire may even be dropped. So I don't know what I'm going to do with myself next week if uh, Maguire is dropped from that Man United side because uh, not really going to have anyone to give it to. So we'll uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they uh, keep him on and uh, you'll shit the bed again. <laughs> what about you, Tien? 
Well, I'm not going to bash the men. You know, <laughs> um, but, you know, for, for me, there, there's two that stand out uh, in, in the game week. So Darwin Nunes, you know, as we've already mentioned, I, I, you know, he, he came on uh, off the bench for the, you know, for the, was it last 30 minutes or so in the first game week and he looked really lively and you know got involved in the goal and assist and so everyone thought you know it's great to have him and i've seen like more than 250,000 or so uh, FPL managers have brought him in and even even cop um, thought he was so good that you know it's deserve a start and uh, and um yeah in return you know he, he didn't not only not doing anything in the game in terms of you know being involved in attack, but you know he's, he's you know just involved in a, a, just a completely nonsense, um, ridiculous situation and got himself sent off or you know something that no professional footballer should be um, involved with. And um, so yeah, so he's definitely a strong candidate for the for the shooter back segment for me. And um, the other one I cannot mention is is Lucas Dean. <laughs> So he's just a, you know, a, a troll of the century. I, I think he's held the record of scoring an own goal for uh, against Everton when he plays for Everton against Villa. And, <laughs> and, and now he's called an own goal against Villa when, um, <laughs> when playing against Everton. So, so yeah, I, I, I do feel for, for his owners. It's, it's just, and, and, and cash as well, like, you know, obviously cash owners didn't deserve to, to be punished for, <laughs> for something that uh, that, that uh, unfortunate. But uh, anyway, it's it's a strong candidate for for my shit bad segment as well. Nah, I like it, and and I think even the biggest troll with uh, Nunez is a lot of people got out Jesus for Nunez and was rewarded with a big fat minus two. So I definitely can. Uh, I can I know what those owners feel like because I did get Obama Yang in last season for a minus two, so you know def, definitely not a great feeling. Um, I think might... uh, I was going to say before we head off to the differentials, I think uh, Nunes really needs to learn not to uh, uh, get poked. So pretty much, if you sort of watch the game, uh, I can't I can't remember who the Palace player was. Uh, Anderson. Yeah, he was just he was literally just picking. Like whether it's pushing him, whatever the case be, the whole game, and he just he just snaps. So I think if you're gonna play in the Premier League, you actually have to learn how to how to deal with that, and you you punish them not by uh, headbutting you or whatever the case be. You punish them by the goals you score. Yeah, exactly. Well, we might get into our differentials. So last week. Um, you had Ward Prowse as your differential mm-hmm. pick to go off against mine in Aronson. And, uh, yeah, you come out on top with two points <laughs> against one point. So battle of uh, the bottom of the barrel, mate. Uh, it, it was an exciting uh, battle to watch. But this week I'm sort of picking that Wilfred Zaha. Uh, we've mentioned him earlier, the likes of Eze as well. I think at that price point, if you do have the room to get him in as sort of maybe a downgrade option or even an upgrade option if you have the money there, I think um, with him being classed as a midfielder, but pretty much playing up up top, I think, you know, great option this week. And I think, you know, him and I know your differential pick I like as well, but I think he's going to be good this week, mate. Um, who have you got your eye on this week? Yeah, I was going to say, it's no surprises. I've picked uh, Eze, so it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see uh, how, you know, obviously uh, both players are playing the same team, so... Uh, hopefully, Eze does come out on top. And yeah, as I said, I 
I've uh, rated him from last year. I know quite a number of years ago, West Ham were big on him before he um, ended up signing for Palace. I know he's been injured, but uh, uh, he, I think he's just showing now what he's, his potential is. So I'm really excited about him as an, as an asset. Uh, have it yourself, Tien. Um, yeah, so actually wait, I wasn't clear about like what, what is a differential in, according to your criteria. Uh, is that like less than 10% ownership or something? Oh, 10, um, 15, just um, around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've already touched on like Cucurella and, and Tony previously. I, I think they're both very good options. Uh, they just about the sort of more or less um, around the 10% ownership. Um, at the moment, so so I think either of them, if you can get them in, would be a great option. Um, but the 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 more differential options I have for this week is Emerson Royal. So a lot of people will probably laugh at that because you know he's, he's he doesn't seem to be a very good option, uh, especially going forward as well. Um, but if he keeps his starting plays on on the right uh, uh, right back. Um, Right wing back positions, I I think he's he he can be pretty good. I I think um, Conte has a a good history of turning very bad <laughs> wing back players to really good one, and and potentially in the next at least in the next few weeks, um, this, uh, for, in the short term, he he may be uh, a good uh, a good player to watch. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened to Doherty, but it seems like he doesn't. Doesn't seem to get back into the team at all. I, I think he played like one a couple of minutes in the first game and didn't come on at all. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, it's certainly someone to watch uh, with a pretty low ownership and and some good fixtures coming up for Spurs as well. No, I like it, especially this week against Wolves, who, in my opinion, don't offer you know I wouldn't say a very threatening attack at the moment. So I think a clean sheet definitely is in order, and and we've have seen Emerson Royal get you know forward a lot. So and he does get involved in attack. So I like the upside there. Uh, we might get on to some players to watch. Um, for me, I'm kind of just looking at the situation at City with their midfield. Um, with the likes of uh, Gundogan and also Foden. So I know Foden there did get hooked at halftime. So it'd be interesting to see if he does line up because if, you know, after getting hooked at halftime and he starts again this week, you know, it, it's quite promising for people that, you know, are either wanting to double up in that midfield or an alternative if they're sort of going different premiums in their side outside Holland and KDB. What about you, Damon? Yeah, so for mine, uh, I uh, definitely played to watch his Onana. From Everton, as I said, sort of said earlier, when he came on, he just, uh, for mine, he just absolutely turned the game on its head. So I think once he starts uh, starting, uh, he's going to be a great asset to watch. So Onana for mine, and and as I sort of said earlier as well, that sort of KDB uh, watch in terms of, Obviously, we can't fit them all in, so one uh, one of the premiums would have to go to fit KDB in. Uh, so he's definitely another one to watch if he continues to catch fire. What about you, Tian? Yeah, for me personally, it's it's more like a selfish uh, thing more than anything. I'll be watching um, Rodrigo and and Pascal Gross in in the next game week to see um, who turns out to be you know the better re- uh, replacement for for Bailey. So. Those two I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on. 
No, definitely. There's a lot of people that are sort of that if they haven't jumped on them this week, are definitely sort of intrigued to see how they go this week. But before we finish up the poll, we might just quickly get into the mailbag questions. So first on up, we got for those of us that own both Trent and Robbo, should we keep or sell Robbo? Um, I think it comes down to if you don't have James, I definitely think a downgrade from Robbo to James is is a good shout. And I think if you do have James, I think you could probably hold Robbo for at least one more week and just see um, how they go this week. And then you could always move to like a Trippy or a Perisic uh, the week after. What about you, Damo? What do you think? Yeah, see, it's, it's a really tough one. Like, as you sort of said, uh, Liverpool's, uh, who they're playing uh, in the next few, it's decent. Like, I can see clean sheets in there. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think it's a team-by-team team scenario where, you know, if you're downgrading, you're probably downgraded, James, if you don't have him. And then what do you do with that extra million? Obviously, now, uh, since price rises have happened, it's not necessarily feasible, but, uh, you know, a downgrade from, for example, downgrade from Robbo to, to James and then an upgrade from Bailey to Martinelli, like that, their net, you know, the net gain you get from that uh, probably outweighs having Robbo and uh, Bailey in your side. So it is a case by case scenario. If you've got, you know, if you've got money, but if you've got half a mil in the bank um, and you don't have those players, that's definitely play. Like, smart, uh, I think Martinelli's a must own. So, uh, yeah, so. I know it's a bit of a cop out, but it's a it's got to be a team a team by team scenario. How about yourself, Tien? Um, yeah, no, I I, I think I, I agree with that as well, and then I'm in exactly the same position. That I'll, I'm debating myself whether to, to sell uh, Robert or not. Um, and I think the key uh, consideration here is what uh, like do you need the fun because obviously you're going to downgrade into to someone, whether it's been James or, or, or just a 5.0 um, million defender. Um, what are you going to do with the money? Um, I wouldn't just sell him and keep the money in the bank and not doing anything because that just doesn't seem right. Uh, I, in that case, I would just keep him. Uh, but if I do need money to do something else in my team, which I'll get on to a little bit later in, in, in the you know, the team plan um, segment. But I, I think there's a case to sell uh, because Liverpool have been looking a little bit shaky at the back, uh, especially with their, you know, injuries with the, with the centre-back as well. Um, and for seven million defender asset, you can't just rely only on potential attacking returns. Like, clean sheets are still, you know, bread and butter for many defenders. So, you know, you can see how good... Um, the city defenders can do. I mean, you know, they'll keep clean sheets for mostly every game. And, and you know, someone like Cancelo um, can obviously um, get a technical return as well. And similarly, you can, you know, say the same thing about James that you've just mentioned, um, or even like, um, you know, downgrade to Walker, for example, you know, even though he doesn't offer a lot of attacking returns, you know, just uh, that clean sheet potential. Um, you know, four out of five features, for example, that that's a lot of points that you can that yeah. you can get uh, for the value for money. So 
so yeah, there's a strong case to sell if you have a clear plan and what you want to do with the money that you, that you get from him. Yeah, no, I definitely fully agree with that. Um, well, next question we got is Kane or Hallen, who do you captain this week? Um, for me, I'm going to say Kane. I think Wolves are still giving up a few chances and, you know, I'm backing sort of Spurs to be even better this week and I could see Kane getting on the score sheet. What about you, Dama? Yeah, given that uh, Spurs are at home, I would go Kane over Haaland. What about you, Tien? Um, just for the sake of difference, being different, <laughs> I'll go Haaland. The, the reason being, I, I think Man City is going to, like Pep is going to do a very long speech to all the, you know, all the midfielders and, and everyone else in the team and say, you know, just... You know, you've got to find a way to keep the ball to Haaland and, and get him in the goals because they will need to get him up to speed uh, before the Champions League start. And he will play. He will definitely start. He might come off, you know, a, a little bit early, but he will definitely uh, be involved. And and if he, you know, if Man City score uh, this time around, I think he'll be he'll be in the goals. So so yeah, I'll, I'll put my money on on Haaland. I like it, mate. We always like a bit of variance on the panel, mate. Um, we might get into the next question, which is bench Trippier for Williams, Andreas this week, or make two transfers, selling Trippier and Neto. Um, I think benching Trippier and starting Williams, I think, is good. Or you could start Andreas and have Williams first sub if you're worried about whether Pereira is going to play or not. But I don't think Neto's losing any money and Trippier you know, I think is a, a good plug-and-play next week. And then, obviously, the week after, they've got a hard fixture again. But then after that, they've got a, a nice little stretch of good fixtures. So I don't think Trippy is a sell um, if you don't need to sell him. I think Nico Williams is definitely a good spot play this week as well as Pereira's. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, so for mine, I think there's two options uh, you should consider. Either um, just benching Trippy and play Williams this week, uh, I think Andreas has still got a bit of an injury cloud. I don't know how severe it is, but um, probably wouldn't be starting Andreas as a result of that. Uh, so that's option one or option two. I definitely, I'd definitely be keeping Trippier and just benching him. But uh, obviously, the move that I'm making: sell uh, Neto, bring in Eze, and start Eze uh, <laughs> in the in the side. So uh, yeah, so I think that's. Uh, how I sort of answer that question? Uh, how about yourself, Tien? Yeah, I, I think I would agree that you don't have to sell either of them if you don't if you don't want to, especially if you only have one free transfer. I, I mm. think there's a case to keep both of them, and and yes, you, you know you can start Williams. There's no problem at all. Um, but if you do have two free transfers and you wanna you wanna move off Neto, I I think it's fine to sell both as well. Um, yeah, I, you know, I know that sounds like I'm sitting on the fence, like right on the fence. But there's there's a case to to sell both or to sell one of them, as you said. And in 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 which case, I'll probably sell Neto over Trippier, um, or or keep both. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> for, for those people that have two free transfers, I will probably you know be leaning toward what you just just said, uh, Demo, just to sell Neto instead of both of them, because I don't see very many options to go from these two uh, with the money that you get. 
Yeah, I mean, no, unless you don't have gems, you definitely want to get gems and you can move like Neto down to like a 4.5 and maybe that's an option. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I like it. It's, I think it's just um, a case-by-case -case basis. Um, next question we got, is Martinelli a must-have? Um, I'd say yes, especially a lot of people who got Rashford in week one and still got him. Um, definitely a you know, point two jump down to Martinelli. And then also people with Bailey, if you've got the money there, a great um, upgrade option as well from Bailey to, to Martinelli. But, yeah, I think you need to find a way if you have the transfers there to get Martinelli in this week. What about you, Damo? Yeah, uh, it's yes for me. I think he's uh, almost the um, – well, he's, as, I said, as I said earlier, he's the best 6.0 asset. Uh, and he's definitely um, – no player is an absolute must-have, but I think he's basically close to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't can't disagree with that at all. It's yeah, it's you know, I, as much as I hate to say anyone who must have, it's, he's pretty much as close as, as it, it you know it can be. You know, just great value for money, um, just doing so well, and you can do so much with the money that is saved from, you know, going downgrade from, from someone to, to him. So, so yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer. No, definitely. Um, next one is, will Man United recover before Christmas? I think this is a question for me. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's looking quite grim at the moment. But, um, yeah, I'll be holding out for a bit of improvement over the next few weeks. But, yeah, can't see it happening at this point in time. I uh, might get to our next question. So chasing team value, is it a good thing noting is the early wild card an option? Um, I think team value really, yeah, it's not overly important. I think if, if it's going to make you make a lot of unnecessary transfers, um, I just don't think it's worth it. But I definitely think, um, as I've spoken to you boys off air, I think the early wild card is definitely... Uh, an option this season just with the three that we have and you know similar to with now that we have the three wild cards this year with the unlimited transfers over the world cup period i think if you were to make it this week it's sort of similar to what week five last year and i think i made my wild card last year about week five or week six so i think if you have um i guess a few options that you want to change out and get on sort of the assets that are you know, looking good at the moment. I, I don't see an issue with it, but just make sure that you leave yourself flexible enough if, say, in four to five weeks you need to, you know, have a plan to move across to other assets, you know, when their runs start. But, yeah, I think the early wild card is definitely an option, but you kind of want to go in with it with a little bit of planning, just not sort of blindly doing the, the wild card just because. What about you, Damo? So basically the direct opposite of what you're doing. Uh <laughs> Mate, I've got um, plans up until about week 16 for mine. Uh, funny how you skipped uh, me for that uh, will Man United recover before Christmas. I was going to say, uh, yeah, they will recover in the championship uh, next year, but uh, <laughs> uh, at least you win a, a, a cup there. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, early wild card, I don't know, like at the moment I'm probably not in the early wild card camp, but... Uh, I usually am, but uh, yeah, obviously I've started pretty decently. Um, I yeah, I'm probably looking at a wild card maybe week seven, eight when those sort of turn of fixtures happen. Um, you got a bit more information. I think two weeks in, you don't really have uh, as much information as you sh as you can 
potentially have on players like, uh, you know, certain players could catch fire in the next couple of weeks and then you'll sort of be looking at your side going, well, I can't really do anything and that's where you sort of take unnecessary hits. So um, I think a good time to wildcard is probably week, you know, week six, seven, uh, game week six or seven this uh, this year, obviously with the uh, extra wildcard per se for the World Cup um, later on. Um, yeah, so that's sort of my take for that. Uh, how about yourself, Tien? Um, yeah, I, I think I'm more or less with uh, with Q on this one. I, I personally wouldn't be chasing team value uh, for the sake of just building team value, because um, because yeah, there's a lot of a lot of the times it'll come back and bite you, you know. Mm. Because normally it involves the early transfer in the weekend. And yes, even though you do have the, the early World Cup that you can play, but you can still only play it once <laughs> before the World Cup, right? So you can't just play early World Cup or World Cup every week. Um, just you know, ask those people the World Cup in game week two and brought in the uh, Nunes to see you know <laughs> how it works for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know with with chasing team value, if if you have very very clear transfers, like what transfer you want to make. And you are at risk of being like priced out, for example, because you know your player you want is going up and the player you want to sell is going down, and and you are at risk of being not able to afford that uh, that transfer. Then then yeah, you can take the risk, uh, you know, going in early and in the process building a bit of team value. But to me, that should be always the secondary consideration. You know, team value should be the primary driver of your transfers because. In my experience, generally, and in tears. Um, so, you know, a very clear example um, is, you know, this week when um, the silver was going up, a lot of people was sort of rushing or, 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 or in a way, kind of forced to make the Bailey to the silver transfer. Um, even though, you know, you know, you may have two free transfers, um, so you do one, you still have another one. But then, you know. Come the end of the week, if you want to make a structural change to your to your team, you can't do it because now you only have one free transfer left, and it's yeah. very hard to do anything with one free transfer. Whereas with two, you can make a lot of, you know, you have a lot of options, you know, a lot of things that you can do with two two free transfer at the same time. Um, so yeah, so generally the answer is no, regardless of the early wild card. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, we might get into the next question, which is, should I start Nico Williams or Neto? I think we covered this earlier. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Nico, for me, has more upside than Neto this week. What about you, Damon? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Neto uh, or Nico has the upside this week over Neto. What about you, Jen? Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, next time we got with Bailey possibly losing his place, do you record, recommend making a switch um, to a 5.5 million player in that price bracket or downgrade to a 4.5 mil mid and then upgrading a defender for a structural change? Um, I think Damo's spoken about uh, Eze. I think Eze's a nice little option this week. And, you know, you can definitely put him on the bench next week um, for the harder fixtures. But, you know, Palace do have good fixtures coming up and, you know, they don't have back-to-back hard fixtures. I think you can plug and play him, uh, you know, two out of the next three to four games. So I think he's a nice little option. Um, you can downgrade it to silver and upgrade defensive players. But, yeah, I think just maybe looking at 
a player in that 5.5, maybe an Aronson or an Eze or someone like that. What about you, Demo? Yeah, I think you have to upgrade um, Bailey. So whether uh, upgrade as in go up in value. So whether it's a Eze, whether it's a Rodrigo, sort of like that 5.56, I don't think you can go down, especially if you've already got uh, an Andreas uh, I don't think uh, teams can carry both Andreas and um, I've gone blank who the... <laughs> De Silva. Uh, that's it, De Silva, um, two sort of 4.5-ish uh, range players. I think you need to go up and, uh, yeah, so there are, look, uh, there are, you know, some decent options in that sort of 5.56 range, which we've sort of mentioned on tonight's pod, but... Uh, yeah, I think uh, you need to go up and not go down. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Tien? Yeah, pretty much agree with both of you. I I, I was contemplating, you know, contemplating about downgrading to a 4.5 and, and upgrading uh, you know, Nick, Nico Williams to, to another defender and play five at the back, but then I thought that just that's just not a very sensible approach uh, because, as you said, you know, you don't want two, two 4.5 million midfielders at sort of uh, crown your bench and it's make mm-hmm. it a very inflexible team um, and it's it scream further transfer down the line to to yes. reverse so, so yeah I definitely won't be doing that in terms of like for like I don't like it either I don't think there's any good options at the five million mark so it's a life for like it's a very difficult one I think you know Bailey was already a trap I don't think you want to fall into another trap of having another 5 million midfielder that you, you can't go anywhere. So I, I think upgrade is the only way. Um, I would even try to go further than 5.5. I would be aiming for 6 and above because it offers more options down the line as yep. well. Like obviously I'm waiting for you know another game with the data. Hopefully some further options emerge from the 6, you know, 6 or 6.5 million brackets so that I can make, I can make the switch. Um, yeah, I just feel like the 5 and the 5.5, um, there's a very limited options that, that just make it so inflexible uh, for your team. Yeah, no, definitely some good points there because there, there aren't a great deal of options at that 5.5. And then, you know, probably the next best is maybe a Lingard at 6.0, but, you know, their fixtures aren't great. And then you've got Martinelli who's gone up to 6.3. So I think if you, yeah, you are wanting to upgrade and you're wanting something solid, I think, yeah, going, you know, six six 6.0 to 6.5 is probably the best option. But, yeah, definitely I think it's worth – if you don't need to make the decision, I think Bailey still offers enough, If even if he only gets 25 minutes, to just a plug and play for one week. But, yeah, definitely be moving off Bailey um, when you when it's, I guess, uh, practical to do so. Um, next question we've got, thinking about playing Williams over Trippier. Um, this might sound crazy, but considering benching Trent Alexander-Arnold against United, as I think they might come alive this week. Um, yeah, I think definitely great option uh, playing Williams over Trippier for this week. I think, you know, Trippier does have attacking up, upside, but, you know, City could um, just be lethal and, you know, you don't want to get a have a player playing that, you know, could concede two or three goals this week, whereas I think that uh, Nico Williams, I, I think they could keep it a bit tighter at the back and, you know, potential for attacking upside as well. Um, and... Probably wouldn't bench Trent. I've spoken earlier about players like Trent and Cancelo. Even if you're not confident on a clean sheet, they offer you pretty much 
high attacking uh, opportunities, and I think the floor's too great um, with how forward uh, Trent gets an attack for you to bench him. I think that you know, even if they might not get a clean sheet, I think he could possibly get a goal and assist this week. What about you, Damo? Yeah, I think James sort of showed this week why you don't bench your premium defenders. Uh, several FPL managers benched uh, James. I wasn't one of them, but I know on Twitter I was sort of reading if quite a number of people benched James and uh, missed out on uh, you know an attacking return. So as you sort of said, like I wouldn't, I would not be benching TAO at all. I, and if anything, um, and it, this is. Promise you, Q, this is not stirring up Man United or whatever the case may be. But I think Liverpool uh, actually keep it clean this week. Like, the way yeah, you wouldn't got, surprise yeah, me. You, the way you guys have been playing haven't been great. Like, I know Liverpool hasn't been playing great either. But, um, but yeah, I, I think I think Liverpool keep the clean sheet this week. And I can see TAA on a, on a few assists. So... Um, you know, double-digit return might be around the corner for him. Uh, what about ETN? Um, yeah, so quickly on the first point, yeah, Williams and Matrupia, yep, that's perfectly mm. fine, no problem at all. Um, and, yeah, so rule number one in fantasy, never bench Trent. And rule number two, <laughs> if you are thinking about banking Trent, read rule number one. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah exactly right. Um, yeah, no, like, seriously, no, we as a Man United fan, I've been waiting for Man United to come alive for the last five years, and I don't think it's going to come soon. So don't hold your hope uh, on that. Um, and yeah, you know, you've already mentioned on uh, about James, but it's actually a couple of years ago uh, people banned Trent against Leicester, and he went on and scored twenty four points. So yeah, don't ban Trent. I just want to add as well. If you're going to spend, what is it, $7.5 million on a defender, you don't bench them. <laughs> yeah. No, I can, I can see the point of view looking at a fixture going, you know, harder fixture, but I think that that doesn't sort of um, – that rule doesn't apply when it comes to Trent, Cancelo and James. I think just the attacking upside gives them a decent floor where they can get an attacking return regardless of conceding goals. Um, next question we got: Going if only one Liverpool player is this a risk? Um, I think you probably need at least a minimum of two from Liverpool. I think at least one defensive asset and one attacking asset, whether it's Salah or Diaz. Yeah, I think you need at least two. What about you, Demo? Oh, I actually missed the question. What was the question? Sorry. Uh, he's only going if one Liverpool player is it a risk? And I'd have said, yeah, I think that you at least need a minimum yeah. of two Liverpool assets. Yeah, I, I I think it's a risk. I think um, TAA and Salah are locks, and then it's sort of um, who the third player who the third player is. Obviously, I've got um, Diaz. I know uh, Tien has a Robbo. Uh, yeah, I definitely uh, would be having at least a minimum two, if not if not three. What about you, Tien? Yeah, no, I agree completely. It, it, yeah, going with our train and Salah is, is uh, definitely way too risky um and then also our final question is do you think of nunez out trent can resume normal operations and probably uh, operate a bit more attacking seen as the focal point won't be trying to get the ball to nunez um yeah oh, uh, i'm not sure i think it'll just be same same for me what about you demo 
yeah, I don't think it makes a difference. Um, I um, I think Trent's attacking regardless. So, yeah, like uh, it's just I think Liverpool have just been unlucky um, the last two. And, uh, yeah, I can see from this point on Liverpool um, banging on a few goals in the next uh, few games. What about you, TM? Yep, no, I agree completely. There's nothing to add. Right, well, we might get into our team plans before we wrap up. So, as I mentioned earlier, I'm on the wild card this week. Just had a few um, plays lose value and just, you know, wanted to get on the right plays before um, they weren't reachable in a couple of weeks. So, you know, I, my team at the moment, I was sitting with Raya in goals. I went from um, Meslier to Raya, just the fixtures, I think. Um, Raya, like last season, offers a bit of upside of save points as well as, you know, clean sheet potential. Uh, just stuck with Trent, uh, Cancelo, James, Trippier, and then I've got Nico Williams um, just as sort of a plug-and-play player. Then I've got Eze, Martinelli, Salah, and I've got Kulicheski in at the moment as my 8.0 midfielder. Then I've got Harlan and Jesus up front and the captaincy on Jesus at the moment. Um, not sure whether it'll stick. It'll be more sort of closer to the deadline. I'll make that decision. But at the moment, I think I'm pretty set on this side. Maybe the only thing that will change is maybe um, either Harlan to Kane or just keep Harlan and, you know, either Madison, Kulicheski, and I've left 0.5 in the bank for a move across to Bowen um, after week eight if, you know, he finds a bit of form and, you know, give myself a little bit of flexibility there. But outside that, that's sort of what I'm looking at at the moment. Um, what about you, Damo? What are your plans this week? Yeah, I think my only um, – I've got two free uh, transfers just uh, to sort of put that out there. I think I'm going to go Neto to SA, uh, have that done. Um, basically, Wolves, uh, I know Man, I know uh, Crystal Palace play Man City uh, next week, but, uh, you know, if SA can get a return against Liverpool, uh, you know, why not against uh, Man City as well? Uh, and Wolves' fixtures do definitely get uh, are harder than um, than Crystal Palace's in the next uh, five at least. So, yeah, so that's pretty much the move I'm going to make, and then I'll uh, reassess with another two free uh, the week after. How about yourself, Tien? Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, just yeah. Firstly, just just a quick comment on your wildcard quill. I, I, quill. I, I think it looks great. Um, yeah. It's, very similar to my team, so it's it's looking very good. <laughs> well, I'm definitely on the um, right track then if it's uh, looking similar to your team. No, 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 definitely very strong. And I, and I think, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, playing a lot of your wildcard as well. You've got a few problems in your team and, yeah, you just might as well just, just fix it rather than taking, you know, a few hits uh, and probably end up having to wildcard anyway. So I, I think it's looking well. Um, so for me, I do have two free transfers and I, I think the two main... Problem areas in my team, um, uh, Bailey, um, and the double lesser goalkeepers. So, um, so um, yeah. Initially, I was thinking, you know, just you know, moving Bailey because I have nothing in the bank. So, you know, moving Bailey to another five five point or or downgrade to a four point five. Um, but then, I, you know, as I said earlier, I don't think that's a, you know either uh, is a is a very good option. So. Um, and the fact that I, I don't know who the best replacement for Bailey is yet, um, so I wanted to keep another week. So potentially I want to upgrade the, 
the goalkeeper, um, you know, um, Iverson to um, to Raya, for example. But obviously, because I don't have any money in the bank, um, so unfortunately, I think uh, Robertson will have to go to you know, to you know, you know to release some fun. Um, so at the moment, because I've already got James, uh, so uh, I'm thinking it's it's going to be either uh, Walker uh, 5.1 or Kukurella. Uh, 5.0. Uh, that will give me either 1.4, 1.5 million in the bank, and next week I can, you know, I can upgrade Bailey to up to a um, 6.5 million midfielder. Um, yeah, so that's that's probably something that I have to, you know, give it uh, a bit more thought in the next couple of days. You know, whether I want to double City defence or double Chelsea defence. Um, and Kukula has a little bit more. Uh, attacking upside as well, so it's a slightly more interesting and more exciting pick. Uh, whether Walker is like boring, <laughs> plenty, <laughs> merchant. <laughs> so, no, yeah, so, I think that's something I, that I have to think about. Two, two really good options, I think. And as we spoke on Walker, he's, you know, defensive, doesn't offer a great attacking uh, return, but. Um, if you want clean sheets, you know, he's a great chance to, you know, at least get four out of five clean sheets over the next five games. So I think um, there's definitely pros and cons there and two good choices for a downgrade from Robbo. Um, well, that wraps up our pod this week. Um, head over to our Twitter, FPL Amateurs Oz. Thanks to my new handle, uh, Damo got me onto it. Uh, he got sick of reading all the underscores. So um, <laughs> definitely help me out with that. Um Head over to Damo's FPL West Ham and also TN, who's on our show tonight. Uh, one of probably the most valuable people in the Australian uh, FPL community at the moment, just with everything that he does, uh, offers advice. Um, he's got his FPL planner as well. Um, you can head over to at the FPL planner on Twitter. Um, if you ha- ever have any questions or answers, you know, his inbox is always open. He's very friendly, um, always happy to answer questions. But, you know, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, it's been a pleasure finally to get you on the pod for this year no thank you very much for having me on it's it's uh it's been great talking to you um and definitely it's a longer pod this week so hopefully everyone's still here at the end and um you've enjoyed it but there was a lot of stuff to cover this week with just a you know the outcome of a few games on the weekend and you know you know a lot of assets that are sort of now looking interesting sort of thought we'd have to cover it a fair bit so um Head over to listen to our podcast as well at Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean. Um, definitely, if you do like our content, uh, drop us a rating on Spotify or iTunes. Just helps us, I guess, grow a lot more, find a lot more people. Um, and definitely, if you're from Vietnam, we thank you for your support uh, hitting <laughs> top 10. Um, hopefully, with, with uh, the man of the people on the show tonight, we should reach top two uh, by It'll the end top of the week. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> top one, top one. 100%. 100%. Well, good luck, everyone, next week, and hopefully a bit more good luck, and uh, we'll see some big scores. Mm-hmm.